Hey, welcome back to the program. Beautiful weekend on tap. The big pride parade on Sunday in Toronto. If you have never been, it is back in person. I encourage you to go on down there and check it out. It is a joyful occasion. Great to see it back in the city of Toronto. Uh, What's going on with your commute? Are you noticing that your commute is getting longer and longer and oh my goodness, longer you waiting to just the the closures in the city of Toronto, obviously for things like Pride, and just getting around in the city on the weekend is it is nightmarish. Well, it turns out that the longer your commute is, and whether or not that is car, most often if it is transit, even the longer that your commute is, the bigger the impact possibly on your mental health. Stephen Farber is an associate professor of human geography at the University of Toronto Scarborough and joins me on the line. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm fantastic. So you studied what portion of the city and what did it tell you about commute times? Yeah, so our research really focuses on, um, on, on what people are trying to do do at the end of all of those commuting trips and focuses on um, the importance of um, how transportation like plays a role in enabling people to uh, participate in all of the activities that that make life meaningful, whether that's social or economic or health or seeing friends and family. And the idea behind this is as as the costs of transportation are on the rise, as the travel times and traffic is getting worse or, you know, congestion is getting worse and trips are taking longer, all of that means um, it's becoming more and more difficult for people to actually um, get out there and do the things that, that, that make their life, you know, whole. And this is a, a really serious uh, social issue and one that we need to... Uh, address and incorporate into our urban planning decisions. So is there a, a tipping point, a, a time that, you know, after a certain amount of time of having a commute, you know, each day that your your mental health takes an impact? Yeah, you know, I don't think um, we've got it down to, to such a precise science yet at this point. What we know for sure is that um, a little bit of commuting actually makes people a bit better off. So having some separation between work life and home life and ability to clear your head, you know, and, 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 and switch modes and all of a little bit of me time at the end of the day, right? That's, that's, that's really great. Um, what we know is that people who are getting that me time um, by walking and cycling tend to enjoy it even more than people who are driving and taking transit. And if those trips are getting too long in duration, uh, and too stressful because you never know what kind of traffic or barriers you're going to encounter on a given day, then that actually starts contributing to stress and, and you know, uh, uh, um, worse kind of health and mental health outcomes. So there is this sweet spot that we want to find. It's probably something like 20 minutes. And as you go past that, then things start to get. Uh, more stressful rather than beneficial. Yeah, I, I, that's funny because I, you know, I, I read that in your report, and I sort of concurred. Like, you know, for my commute, if I'm over half an hour 
getting to work. I just my my stress level seems to go up, but I'm kind of talking more about my feeling of, you know, being stuck in traffic and actually the actual experience of the commute. What you're talking about is since I have less time to spend in my own neighborhood and be attached to my neighborhood, that that's the impact on the mental health. Do I get that right? Well, yeah, I think that the, I think that there's uh, that both of those things contribute to health. Um, I want to make a slight correction. The study that you're referring to was authored by some colleagues of mine, Dan Silver and Kofi Hope. Um, I, I, I've been commenting on it, and I'm helping to get the word out. And it's it's an area that I have a lot of expertise in. But I just wanted to make sure it wasn't attributed to me accidentally. <laughs> okay. um, but in terms of that, uh, your question there. Um, you can think about um, two, two, two types of happiness or two types of pain in this case, okay? One is, uh, you know, when you're actually out there doing activities that you don't like doing, so like getting stuck in traffic, right, or having a really long commute and being crowded on a bus, that's going to make you feel bad in the moment. And if you have a lot of experiences where you're feeling bad in the moment, that's going to contribute to a negative sense of well-being overall in your life as well. So that's the one, the one side of it. The other side of it is we only have 24 hours in our day. We, we want to get a, a lot of good things done, you know, in our lives. And if we're spending too much time on um, something like commuting, it necessarily means we have less time to spend um, with our loved ones less time to go to the gym, less time to get that exercise, less time to fit, uh, fit a, a child's, you know, extracurricular activity into your schedule and so on. And, and all, of the, all of that kind of time stress and time pressure and constraint also, you know, greatly uh, impacts a person's well-being. And unfortunately, with housing, you know, as expensive as it is and people moving further away from their city in order, you know, be, you know in order to find affordable housing, um, one of the things that we're not so good at thinking about is, well, what impact is this going to have on my life from a transportation and a commuting and a, a time, you know, a time use perspective? Uh, we might we might look at the balance sheet and say, yeah, it's better to save money on my house and pay more for gas, right? Uh, like we do some financial calculations, but we rarely think about what's it going to mean if I have an hour commute every day, and sometimes it's actually an hour and a half because of traffic, right? Um, that really, uh, over the long period of time, builds up and, and degrades, you know, one ability to participate normally in life. Stephen, I appreciate your time. It's fascinating to talk about. Thanks again. Okay, thank you for having me. That is Stephen Farber, Associate Professor of Human Geography at the University of Toronto, Scarborough. That's, I wonder how long your commute is and if you if you sort of agree with that 20 to 30 minute sweet spot and whether or not you can get your commute within that that time and I, I think I think the professor's right there about you know sometimes we make decisions about where we're going to live based on other things like you know where what can we afford and we don't factor in what the impact is going to be on us on having to schlep all across town to try and get to work uh, what do we got oh I did how did you get to be king you know that old bit 
that old Monty Python bit. Uh, Prince Charles is in Rwanda, where the Prime Minister is. Our Prime Minister is there right now. Uh, Remaining a monarchy or becoming a republic is a matter for each Commonwealth country to decide, says Prince Charles. Here's the good prince. The Commonwealth contains within it countries that have had constitutional relationships with my family, some that continue to do so, and increasingly those that have had none. I want to say clearly, as I have said before, that each member's constitutional arrangement as republic or monarchy is purely a matter for each member country to decide. That is Prince Charles in Rwanda who went on to say arrangements such as these can change calmly and without rancor. His remarks come as a number of Caribbean countries have appeared to be interested in dropping the monarchy. Barbados has obviously done that. Uh, Recently, Jamaica, live on television, fired the monarchy when William was there. William and Kate were there. Uh, The Prime Minister of Jamaica said, yeah, we're moving on. Yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. In terms of Canada, nah, that's 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 nice, Prince Charles. But of course, uh, changing the monarchy and removing the monarchy as the head of state in this country would require a constitutional change. Good luck, Meech Lake. Uh, not to mention a renegotiation with First Nations right across the country. So uh, I guess you're with us for the long haul. Have a great weekend, everyone.